mighty fancy automobile. Oh, she's a real road king, all right. Zero to 60 in 7.5. She'll do a quarter of a mile, 13.40. 390 horsepower. 500 foot-pounds of torque. Whatever that is, performance and image, that's what it's all about. There's no such thing as a stupid question. This is Drive Radio. All of your automotive questions are just one phone call away. 303-477-5600. Drive Radio is made possible by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. To find one near you, go to drive-radio.com. Now, Drive Radio on KLZ 560. And it is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us. I do appreciate it very much. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive out in Aurora, just a little bit east of the station here. Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Larry Unger answering questions. And then we have Cody and Kent from Novus and Sterling. We appreciate them coming down and joining us today as well. Real quick, Jeff, before I get to you and the question of the day, which is what is your favorite truck? Could be old, could be new, doesn't make any difference. Kent was asking me from Sterling, you know, what is a good alignment cost today? And I will tell you that... Unless somebody's running a special and are just knocking some off of the price, you know, you're going to spend probably 80 to to $100 to get a really good proper alignment check and a tow-in set. If they do camber and caster settings and they have to do anything else special in doing so, you will pay more than the $100 to get a proper alignment. Sure. So you, you will spend, you know, that 80 to 100 depending upon the shop and what they do for that initial alignment inspection and tow-in. And then camber and caster settings are usually an additional charge on top of that, depending upon the vehicle and what's needed. And the reason that is, is usually caster and camber don't vary much. Correct. The, and and unless, some require some special things to make that work. Right, yeah. Bending, you know, custom. Or you know, like uh, in the case of, you know, I'm driving Kent's old Dodge yes. out front. That one, if you're going to do any kind of uh, camber settings on it i have to put a ball parts. joint in it yeah yeah i gotta put an offset ball joint in to, yeah. to make that happen so again right. depends on the vehicle and yeah. what you're doing to get alignment sets yeah. alignment specs yeah in that's and pretty cheap to make your car drive straight down the and road. not wear tires yeah. right. that are now expensive very expensive yeah. mm-hmm. and and by the way folks you should be getting an alignment at least once a year in some cases maybe twice depending on how many miles you drive yeah if you drive a lot of a lot of miles in a year probably two times a year yeah and it, and it, and it pays um I mean, I will tell you, even as a fleet operator, I have my own alignment machine for our fleet just because I know how much money I can save on tires by having things aligned correctly. So I own my own equipment now, and I'm a fleet. I'm only doing my own stuff, no one else's. What does that tell you? How important are alignments? Yeah. I think I just proved it by the money I spent buying my own equipment because I used to to farm them out to some of the shops around the the Boulder area, but I just do them myself in-house now because of time and speed and so on, and I can do more of them. Yeah. And have them more more accurate that way. So, Jeff in Western Montana, what's going on, sir? Hey, good morning to you. It's a beautiful day here. I hope it is there too. It, and it you is. know what? It's a little cloudy, but still a nice day. We're not complaining at all. Well, good. Yeah, I'm indoors right now, uh, swapping out doorknobs for builder grade doorknobs for uh, brushed nickel. Trying to upgrade a place a little bit. So nice. nice. Um, my uh, actually, I didn't have a question at first. But I kind of do a, gen- a general question is that uh, on my 2007 Sport Track, uh, I was feeling a little vibration in the front, so I took it in, and it turns out it's a wheel bearing they want to replace. And uh, my question is kind of around stuff that's considered maintenance items versus stuff that's repair. Okay. I'm, I mean, you know, um, you know, it's 14 years old now. 
I, or I've had it for 14 years. Well, I haven't had it for 14 years. It's 14 years old. Sure. You know, stuff is going to wear out. Sure. But mm-hmm. uh, the wife is kind of looking at the at the cost of some of these upgrades. I had to replace the drive shaft. and had to replace it again. Both rear wheel bearings. One caused uh, a requirement for a brake job on the back. New radiator. So it's kind of like, when do you guys, when, you know, the vehicle lifts for like in condition it's in probably six or seven grand right now. Mm-hmm. So you know what's kind of the, the break even point or the or the decision point per year? Is there one? No, there yeah. isn't. It really comes down to individuals and what you're willing to to you know what you're willing to drive number one and what you're willing to put into the vehicle that you're currently driving year after year, knowing on the same token that a new vehicle of equivalent. Uh, type to what you're driving now. Granted, you could buy used, but if you went and bought a new vehicle, Jeff, you know, you're 45 to 50K to replace what you're driving right now. You can do a lot of work to what you're driving now to, you know, before you get up to that 45, 50K mark. And if everything else is in decent shape, that's what I used to tell all of our customers. If the paint's good, interior's good, you like the vehicle, yeah. sure. Is it worth putting four, five, six grand into that vehicle? Sure. By yeah, all means, it exactly. is. Exactly. You know, if it gets you another three or four years, go or, for it. You know, and, you know, and a thousand dollars a year is, you know, That's it's probably, ex- yeah. And, I used to tell people, you know, even today, plan on fifteen hundred a year for maintenance. That's yeah, normal, exactly. And and that could be excessive some years, and that could it'll average out not, to that though. Yeah, right. Exactly. Time you figure tires, you know, tires, tires, brakes, uh, coolant, right, you know, fluids, exactly. things like that. You're you're going to yeah. be fifteen hundred a year over a three to four year time frame. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. You know, especially when it's fourteen years old. You know, things are just going to happen. And, and by the way, for those of you listening and say, no, no, John, you're off. Uh, well, you know, I'm not because if you factor in a a new vehicle and you add in the increased insurance and the increased license plates and registration right. and you factor all that in you still have to do tires a year you still have isn't to do, far off right, folks right yeah exactly because you may reduce some of your maintenance but you're picking it up in other areas so you're still 1500 a year yeah right yeah so yes yeah. okay the way it works uh two quick comments uh one was you were talking about the price of used vehicles going up yes uh, we did buy a 2019 ridgeline last november nice car yeah, uh, nice car. No, she didn't say nice truck. No, because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw one. Lo- I saw one loaded with about a ton of dirt today. That was a squ- little squatty. <laughs> you know, I'm not making fun because it's a great vehicle, right. but right. no, it's not a truck. It's got a truck bed, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a pilot with a bed. Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yes, it's it's a unibody well, truck, which I don't consider to be trucks. Yeah, right. Which has a you know an integrated sound system in the bed and the mm-hmm. cooler and all sorts of other fun stuff. It's a very nice yeah. vehicle. I, I, again, I'm, I am not bad-mouthing at all. No. It, it, it really does. And, and by the way, it's very comparable to what your sport track was. Yeah. 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 It is. The sport yeah, track's but, full-framed. Uh, yeah. yeah. Similar similar type of vehicle. Yeah, yeah. Just when I looked at this, and uh, we, we got it for total shipping and everything brought here about 35 grand. Not bad. And they're going anywhere. They're going anywhere from now from uh, 39 to 40. Yeah, you could probably sell that vehicle and make money on it, even though you've driven it that long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that was comment number one. It's like, I, I can't believe how crazy yep. the market is. It really there. is. It's, 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 it's almost like the housing market. Yeah. No, the bidding yeah. war probably isn't there on the – well – I shouldn't say that. <laughs> there may be even a bidding war on some vehicles. In fact, there's even stories out there of dealers, unscrupulous, by the way, dealers, where they will sell somebody a used car, and they will then call them back several days later saying, oh, your financing didn't go through. You need to bring the vehicle back. Well, number one, that's not true. Number two, they're doing that because they figured they could sell that vehicle for a higher price to the next guy versus the last guy they sold it to. And it's very dishonest in the way they're doing that, Jeff. But, yes, those things are happening now also. Yeah. 
Well, just uh, very briefly before I get to my favorite vehicle, um, I went out two days ago and bought three two-by-fours, one treated, two untreated, eight-foot lengths, nothing special, 36 bucks here. I was going to say they're $9 a piece roughly, right? Yep. And uh, OSB up here is going for like 60 bucks a sheet. Same thing down here, 60 65 a sheet down here. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It is. So. It really is crazy. But, hey, hey but real like, quick, man, by the way, Jeff, how many politicians do you think could answer the question I just gave you on how much a 2x4 or a sheet of OSB is? Uh, uh, very, very few. There you go. None. There yeah. you go. Especially at the national level. There you go. You know, they might be able to tell you what a quart of ice cream costs, but... Yeah, they're not, yeah what they, I, and I, guys, I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but it shows you how out of touch our politicians are, especially those at the federal level, where that question Jeff just asked me that I answered, they couldn't. Yep. So... When I was stationed at Peterson Air Force Base here in Colorado Springs years ago, uh, out on the vehicle lot that the storage, vehicle storage lot they had on base, I came across a 1952 Studebaker pickup, mm. and I just fell in love with it. I'd go out there and take a look at it, and the lines and everything inside of it, and I, I decided that's what I wanted to have. So I spent a couple of years looking, and didn't find anything, and then finally, there in the springs, I had one for sale at a decent price, and I went out. You know, mouth was watering and everything, and I went to get into it, and my knees were in my chest and my elbows were on the steering wheel. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, dang, I, yeah. I just don't fit. Right. So one, one of the life dreams shattered yeah. by, by well, actual experience. By reality. And, and, yeah, yeah, and you know, Jeff, you just brought up something else, though, when it comes to a lot of vehicles that are bought new that, un believe it or not, People don't do their homework. They don't climb in a vehicle, spend a little bit of time, even if it's just sitting in the dealership's lot, sitting in the seat for, you know, 30, 40 minutes. Not driving, but just sitting there determining, do I fit well in this vehicle? Because trust me, all the new cars I drive in a year's time, all of them are different in that in that respect. Some fit really well and others do not. And you better like the vehicle you're driving or you're going to hate it. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I got a 2019 instead of a 2020, I was looking for used. Didn't want to pay the depreciation, mm -hmm. but sure. one of the reasons I got the 2019 is that starting in 2020, it went away from the shifter to the little switches, mm -hmm. and I had driven a, a rental with those, and it was like, no, these are ridiculous. <laughs> this isn't how you change gears in a, in a vehicle. You have a, a shifting knob, so, mm -hmm. um, you know, just call me archaic and anachronistic, but... Uh, you know, uh, that was my decision point. So it can be something as small as, yes. does it have a shifter knob versus switches? It can be something as little, Jeff, yeah. as I don't like the way the rearview mirror looks and I can't see out of it. Sure. I mean, you, it could be yeah. any number of items. Well, I, exactly. As a matter of fact, you bring up two things I don't like on my sport track is the passenger side mirror. I can't tell really when somebody's there. Uh, when, it, when it's safe to move over from the left lane to the mm. right lane because mm -hmm. the, the mirror is so ton convex right that, right uh, it makes it hard it makes it hard to judge and you know what you know Jeff, also, real quick by the way since the guys from novus are here i believe that's one of those situations where you could put straight glass in that if you wanted to if i'm not mistaken kent am could, i right probably could you could change that out and have a regular mirror put in it should be available so you could okay. fix that jeff well good one of the things i can fix the other one is <laughs> the, the brake pedal comes Pretty close over to the gas pedal, and so it's easy to hit both. Right. Yes. At the same time. I remember that and, on my uh, Explorer too. If I had boots mm -hmm. on, yes. you're gonna hit two of them at the same time. Yes. Your foot stuck in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You, you try to hit the brake, and you're yeah. hitting the gas at the same time. Right. And it's like my car wants to go and stop, and how do I get out of this mess? Yeah. 
I thought that was just me. Yeah, there's been a few pucker factors on me. Uh-huh. That yeah. out. Uh, no, you guys are bringing up some yeah. great points. Those are things yeah. people well, never think about when they go to buy a car, and then after they buy it, they hate the car, and all of a sudden it's the car's fault. Well, no, yeah. not necessarily. Well, the, you just didn't research it They're all enough. generally made for the general public, but, you know. Everybody's me, different. You know, I've got a 13-size foot. You know, right. it doesn't work so well on the pedal sometimes on different vehicles. Yeah, it makes or sense. Or if you're totally. tall, you don't fit in some of those You're cars. right, right, exactly. Yeah, tall. Or yeah, just, well, you, yeah, I'll give another example. I don't have the yeah. longest of arms. I'm, you know, I'm 5'10", but my arms aren't super, super long. And the one complaint I used to always have on the on the Tundra pickups, the Toyota Tundras, after they did their redesign, is the center stack so stinking far away. You need a stinking ape arm to be able to reach the radio <laughs> to change anything. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, things. So you got to lean forward to make any you know changes on the radio. I hate that. Yeah. Or put your seat up. Well, those of us with won't. ape arms don't have that problem. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There you go. Well, it, it, it yeah, just goes no, back every, to each person's yeah. different as far as how they yeah. fit the vehicle. What What do you like about the vehicle? Right. What works for you? What doesn't right. work? And and Take your, exactly. take your best average, yeah. Yeah, in that in that ridge line, I uh, it has driver one and driver two, and of course, wife is driver number one, mm-hmm. I'm driver number two. Of course, um, but if inadvertently I move it to the number one position, uh, I actually get crushed by the steering column. <laughs> I mean, it is just, oh, yeah. it's oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, you get in, turn the key on, and you yeah. wonder how painful back it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Find the button Where's fast enough. Point? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, Jeff, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. Have a great Thanks. afternoon, Stephen. Colorado Springs, hang tight. We'll come right back to you. This is Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over eighty years, probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our three hundred ten thousand parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our drive-align belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa. Get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance offers a rebate program unlike any other. Every year that you don't file a claim, you get a certain percentage of your money back. Just one example of how Paul Lewinberger, the personal insurance agent of John Rush, keeps your rates so low. He rewards his customers for their diligence and responsibility. Paul can also help you strategize about when to file a claim and when to pay out of pocket so you save more money in the long run. You don't want to shop online for insurance because you have no idea what you're buying. You need Paul Lewinberger with American National, the no surprises insurance agent. Call 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. And ask Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance for details about his unique rebate program for home and auto insurance. Talk to somebody with the expertise to advise you so you get the coverage you expect. 
If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560, jumping right to the phone. Steve, what's going on, sir? Good afternoon, Sir John. Issue, X3, the oil filter, I don't get this, but those crazy Warner Von Braun rocket scientists mounted that thing way up high, right behind the radiator, same level as the engine, but it has a kind of intermittent oil leak at the flange where all that stuff goes down in the engine. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what your thoughts are on what is a reasonable base repair on that for that little flange. You know, labor parts of parts on, I don't know, a few bucks. But it's a pain. It's going to all Why be labor. Yeah, there's hardly filter. any parts. That's all labor. Why would you mount a filter up high? I don't know why at they the same I, level as the top of the radiator. It's like we have wondered in the auto industry why oil filters get put in places they get put in for e- eons now, right, Ken? W- right. Well, and yeah, I, all I can figure is they make this particular engine a certain way f- for all applications. Yes. So they have to design they do the, the car around the engine they do. and. It, it's just they can't move the oil filter where it's mounted, yeah and sometimes you know? they have That's, no choice yeah. and you know, I'll give you an right. example Steve so I my Colorado diesel which is different than Ken's gas engine diesel but my Colorado diesel which I love the canister filter it's all up front it's easy but the way they've positioned that there is absolutely no way possible you can do an oil change and not grip Still, oil coming yeah. out of the canister down yeah. the front of the engine it's and impossible my, mine's the sure. same way you just can't do it yeah mine's the same way it's stuffed behind the ABS yep. there's no way you can do yeah. it yeah just exactly. the way it is. So what do you think is a reasonable cost to repair? It's just kind of irritating. I don't, I don't like oil. You'll be 500 Speaking, bucks like if you're a nickel. I, you know, it's a BMW. Mm-hmm. It said you'll be 500 bucks if it's a nickel because that's only like three or four hours labor on that car. That's nuts. I know. It is absolutely nuts. I asked a, a senior BMW tech here down in Colorado Springs, how come all these BMWs that I've had leak oil? I was stunned. He said, well, we live in a low humidity, dry climate. I go, hey, I've had plenty of cars. <laughs> yeah, that's around. not the right answer, <laughs> by the way. His his Give proper break, his know? proper response should have been, it's controlled seepage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that way, they, they're that covered all the way around. So it's. <laughs> I just shook my head and said, "Man, you're just trying to kick the can down the road here." You're right. Yeah. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Steve. All right, Robert is next. Robert Narvada, what's going on? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious on the question here for you. Um, took the car to the dealership. It's got about fifty thousand miles on it, so it was out of the initial warranty. But what they found out through a service bulletin was that it was the PCB valve, and that it needed to be replaced. So they replaced it, and they said that wasn't part of the emissions. I'm just curious what your opinion on that was. Yeah. There are certain parts that are covered more extensively. PCV, I don't, I mean, I don't see. I don't think they're going to cover that either. Yeah, right. I I just wouldn't think of that as being a specifically 
an emission control component, although that's pretty much what it does. It, it is, but <laughs> yeah. I don't think they're going to classify right. it And as that such. is actually considered a wear item, I yes, think, I too. Think so, too. So it's probably more of a okay. maintenance-type item. That's yeah. why they're not covering right. it. Right, exactly. All right. All right, thanks a lot. It'd, be, it'd almost be like, you know, for example, Robert, they're not, you know, I'll let you go, but they're not going to cover an air filter. Right, Similar yeah, exactly. situation. It, it's more Even though it does have to do with emissions and things along those right. lines and the filtration system itself does, yeah. it, they're not going to well, do it and, that way. And, that, and there's probably somewhere in the maintenance schedule to replace that anyway. So it's, probably it's, a, correct, it's a maintenance-type item, yeah. so that's, a good that's point. probably it. Where, you know, like catalytic converters, they are... They're, 880? They're, yeah, eight, eight year, 80,000 miles. If, you know, so wait, that, that's law, the, by the way. Right. They have to do exactly. that. Exactly. And, and some of the other components, too, I think like the canisters and things some like that. Some of those are as well. Are, yes. Yeah, are, con- are covered like Tied up to 50 that. or something yeah. or up to, they have different yeah. elements. And it's so. all spelled out, by the way, yeah, in, right. in, your, in your owner's manual. Yeah, so it's in all the there. owner's manual. Michael and Cheyenne, what's going on today? Hi there. Got a question for you. Sure. Uh, here a while back, you guys were discussing something that I was driving so I really couldn't pay attention, but the subject was uh, uh, additives for diesel trucks, you know, gas and oil additives. Okay. I recently bought a used uh, Chevrolet truck, diesel, and I would like to take care of it. Uh, I just don't know what you guys would recommend. So for, uh, what year is it? 2019. 19, okay, yeah. So like the, the BG245 is kind of a maintenance. That's mm-hmm. like the for the gas it's cleaner it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a maintenance item right exactly it helps clean the fuel system uh clean the injectors improves the cetane things like that right okay. exactly i would probably run one of those depending on how much you're driving it you know run one of those every six months or maybe even more frequent depending yeah once a quarter uh, probably even yeah exactly and um some of the other stuff bg has oil additive you're, there's not much you really yeah. need to do oil wise on that if you just use the you, you have to run a synthetic oil now on that michael you have no no choice. So run a high-quality filter, uh, run high-quality, you know, synthetic diesel oil in it. And then the other thing on that that you're going to need to make sure you're doing is make sure you're changing out your fuel filter and the water separator right. on a routine basis as needed. And it should have a timer on right. that. Right. It'll that tell you. It tells you when to do yep. it. Yeah. It'll, it'll be in the dash. Yep. So basically, it's the BG245 for the gas maintenance and just a good uh, synthetic diesel oil on changing the oil. Correct. And a quality filter, yeah. That's what I yep. would be doing. Yep. Exactly. All right, you've answered my question. Okay, easy uh, enough. I want I want to answer your question. Sure. Favorite favorite truck. Let's hear it. Nineteen fifty four Chevrolet five window. Yeah, yeah. that was that's one of mine as well. That's a great. It's just a great looking vehicle. It really yeah. is. Yeah, it is. And there's hardly any of those around anymore too. That's another one that's really up in value. Right. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, anyways, all right, good stuff. Good luck, Michael. Thank you. Appreciate it very much, Mike in Westminster. You're up, sir. Hi, John. Um, sorry for your loss. Oh, thank you. Um, I've never done that. I just lost my uncle. Uh, not I'm sorry. Ago, so yeah. I know where you're coming from. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I uh, just wanted to throw in uh, my uh, two cents worth on uh, favorite pickups. Uh, i got probably a big three. Uh, most people don't think of it. Uh, 48, uh, I'm sorry, 49 Studebaker Okay. Uh, for just aesthetics. I mean, when they hot rod those, they are right. super pretty. <clears throat> Uh, of course, uh, 58 Cameo, Chevy Cameo. I forgot about those. Yes. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, probably the classic, uh, one of the classics, uh, 48 Ford. Uh, all good. Head. Yes, all good. Nice. Yeah, those are all pretty. Those are all real pretty. Uh, 
my dad uh, mostly had uh, station wagons as a carpenter. He had, uh, he had one Dodge pickup. It was not in the prettiest uh, generation. <laughs> kind of blocky. Uh, not too many, uh, not the best lines. Uh, ran like a tank. Mm-hmm. Definitely ran like a tank. It's interesting on, on uh, Dodge that they were really pretty much the same truck uh, all the way up in, until they did that second generation diesel in, let's see, what year did they finally do that? 90. Eight or so is that right? I want to say ninety-seven, ninety-eight when they finally changed from the the super blocky style to more of the round style. Is that about right? I want to say. Yeah, that yeah that that to my recollection that's true. That's about true. right. My dad-in-law had a uh, an early eighties and yeah they still retained a pretty blocky. Uh, yeah, they had the Cummins engine. All that was great. They did well that way, and they started selling the Dickens out of them, which I think finally gave them enough money and wherewithal to make the body style changes that they've continued to do from that point forward i mean they've really now become a real a real competitor in the truck market honestly prior to that they weren't yeah i agree i agree at the shipping ford pretty much they uh, owned it they owned everything prior to you know cummins coming along literally when cummins came along they they literally that that deal that they made whoever made that happen at dodge was a very uh ingenious individual and really thought of something nobody had done prior and really put them ahead of, of, you know, Ford had the Navistar International engine, of course, but really that Cummins engine for Dodge put them on the map and really made, this is where competition is great, it made GM and Ford do things I don't think they would have done otherwise. I'm trying to remember, well, that may have been uh, Iacocca's tenure? No, that would have been after him. Was it? Okay. So somebody else would have had to have come up with that brainchild. I don't know who that was. Did the Cummins come out in, like, 93, 94? Yeah, it was early. Maybe it was early. I, yeah. I think it was, was it second generation, 94 to 01? Am I saying, no, that's not right either. It was still the, it, it first came out in the old block style. Or block and, you know, the, it, yeah, uh, in the original square-bodied square yeah, exactly. trucks, yeah, yes. So the original, just 12-valve. Just, so that was really, that I'm going back like in time, 90. so. Yeah, that would have been. It's in the 90s. Well, it would have been early 90, though. I'm was thinking. it 93 or 4? Let's I don't see, remember. The I don't new remember. body style came out in '95, didn't it? And so it was way before then. And I, the only reason I remember that is because I drove one when there was a guy working at the same shop that left in like '92. So maybe it was '92, '91, '92, '89 was 89. the first okay. Cummins powered okay. Ram. I just okay. looked it up. I did not yeah. know it was okay. that, that long ago, sense. guys. '89. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I was. It was, uh, and they finally got above 200 horsepower in '96. Wow. And today they're a thousand pounds of, of yeah, actually they're right. like eleven hundred foot pounds yeah. of torque now. Yeah, crazy. Come a long That's way. It's amazing, isn't it? Amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, wow. My 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 dad law just was powered his with a three eighteen, which was a, a decent small block uh, engine. It had pretty decent torque, and he didn't push it. He, he pretty much got it toward it about the time he went to retire. So it wasn't a giant work truck, but uh, that three eighteen was a sweet engine in its time. It really was. I used yeah. to drive a '69 Dodge with a three eighteen. They were not much to look at. No, they were not. <laughs> they were a big body and not much to look at, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, the old Rams, I mean, the old uh, original uh, power wagons, those things were beasts. Uh, I had one guy that I knew to work with who restored them about 20, 30 years ago. Those things were beasts. They, they really, <laughs> they gave Jeeps a run for just pure uh, off-road toughness mm-hmm. and uh, capability. You know, and by the way, uh, if somebody knows the history of that and who put that Cummins, you know, Ram deal together, I mean, I'm looking on the internet and I can't find any info. Somebody knows that information, share it. I'd love to know. Yeah. Because I don't know yeah, who did that back then. 
Same here. Well, anyway, guys, I just wanted to no, good stuff. Into it, you know. Uh, yeah, those are they're uh, some obscure ones, other than cameo in the Ford, but that's Studebaker. I, I, one last thing, man, Studebaker. My dad owned a butt ugly '61 uh, Lark wagon. It, it thing ran like a it was a tank. Yeah, but it was super ugly. And then they're schizophrenic. You had uh, Vante, and you had the Golden Hawk. <laughs> yeah, some of the prettiest cars of their time. And then you had the Larks that were just a couple of loaves of bread welded together <laughs> yep. with a with a with a ironproof engine in them, you know. So yeah, I did get this information real quick. I'll share this with you. So in '89, that was the first year that the Cummins turbo diesel was in the the Ram truck. It was projected to only sell 5,000 engines. They actually exceeded 20,000 that first year. Wow. So go figure. Not bad sales for that. Not bad sales back then for that. No, like I said, that really did put them on the map and made Ford and GM wake up. Yeah. For sure. Well, thanks, guys. You're Uh, welcome. Great show. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Arnie, Bill, hang tight. We'll come right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Can you believe how low rates are staying? Still in the twos. Back in the 40s and the 50s, rates were in the 5 to 6% range. How much longer are you going to wait? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Your home has never been worth more. Take AIM to get that lower rate or shorten your term. Lower your payment and pay thousands less in interest. It's your money. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Locally owned and family operated since 2001. Are you ready for the future financially? Many of our clients have the ability to access their equity for 30 years without raising their payments now. This prepares them for those speed bumps of life. Ask how you can become mortgage safe too. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, where our reputation of putting you first and listening to you is unmatched in Colorado. Call 720-895-0500 now so you can focus on what's important, family. Regulated by DOOR, NMLS 298-191, equal credit lender. At Napa Auto Parts, we've been the most trusted name in auto parts for over 80 years. Probably because we've never stopped looking for ways to make the great parts we sell even better. It's a commitment to quality you'll find in every one of our 310,000 parts. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to the patented damping mechanism on our driveline belt tensioners to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And Napa parts are covered by a warranty that's good at any of our 6,000 Napa auto parts stores nationwide. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store. But at Napa, we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. To find the Napa auto parts store nearest you, go to NapaOnline.com. Napa, get the good stuff. With over 125 locations in Colorado, southern Wyoming, and western Nebraska, there's only one place to get the good stuff. Napa Auto Parts. JC's 4x4 has been Denver's premier Land Rover independent service facility since 2005. With all of today's latest off-road technology, JC's British and 4x4 is a Land Rover specialty shop. Not only do they service, but they will also outfit and restore your vehicle. The dedicated staff and attention to detail make JC's British your one-stop shop for your Land Rover or 4x4 adventures. JC's British and 4x4 is committed to quality and excellence, whether taking your kids to school or hitting the back roads for adventure. No matter what road 
Rover you own from the newest Discovery and Range Rover to an older Defender or Series truck, we can help you maintain, repair, or modify your vehicle. When you're tired of paying dealer prices and only given limited options, call JC's British and 4x4 to service and customize your Land Rover or 4x4. Call JC's British and 4x4 right now at 720-586-4756. That's 720-586-4756. Or go to jcbritish.com. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Guys from Novus Auto Glass up in Sterling with me today, Cody and Kent, and then Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive with us as well. So appreciate all of you that called in. It's been a really great show. Arnie in Foxfield, you're next, sir. Hello, Ken. Hey, Arnie. Been a long time. Uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> been a long time since we talked. Like a two days or so? Yeah, or right, day yesterday. Or two. <laughs> <laughs> How'd I know day? that? Yeah. Uh, I, I hassle him with all my ridiculous problems. Uh, I, I, no, I was just going to throw out... Uh, my 71 Chevy C10 long wide is still on the road. Yep. That was the truck that mm. hauled my wife and I and three kids in a camper to Fairbanks and back in about 77. So it's been around. Oh, yeah. Probably still the original clutch, too, probably, huh? I don't remember. No. Probably not. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, it's got no no Muncie four speed in it, and right. no, it, no, it's it's got two hundred and thirty or forty thousand miles on it. No, it's it, it's not the original clutch or any of that, but no, still on the road and still get you there and back for sure. It, well, it's you know, it's that fill in, right? When one of the kids has a has a dead car. Yep. And. And it takes two cars in the family to get mom and dad to work. So. Yep. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Guess who? Guess who fills in? Yep. That's it. Well, that's and good. I think I think with Haggerty Insurance, I think it's like 170 bucks a year. Oh, nice. Yep. So. And you don't have to worry about getting door dings or anything because any door hit it, it would. Uh, it would dent the door Stop that off. hit it, not the not the panel on you know, the truck. Yeah. You know, here's another thing: this that truck, this I'm honest to God, that truck is rust free. Yeah. There hmm. is no rust in that truck, and when we go back to Michigan, my wife's folks, you know, back in those days, every two or three summers, it drove those guys nuts. <laughs> Because everything they were looking at, you know, similar, was the 80s, you know, gone. Late 70s, <laughs> mm-hmm. 1980s, and you know they take one look at the truck and they just they just shake their head. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Well, I just had to throw that out. No, I appreciate that, Arnie. Yeah, thanks, Arnie. Thanks, guys. You bet. Thank take you. care, Have man. Have weekend. a great Saturday. Always yep. good talking to you, Arnie. Uh, Bill in Lakewood, what's going on? Hey, uh, favorite truck functionally. Um, are the early power wagons and the Ford high boys. The mm-hmm. high boys were the only 4x4s, I believe, to this day 
that from the factory could fit 36-inch tall mudder tires from the factory. I believe that's probably even still true today. I think it is. I don't don't know of another truck since. I mean, basically, that truck came with a stock 4-inch lift kit from the factory, if you if you would. I mean, that's that's essentially what that truck was. So, I don't think there's anything else that's come along since, Bill. That the new TRX that that Ram has might be able to put 36s. I I think you can. That would be and and that's really a. I mean, I guess you could call it a production truck, but not in production the way that that high boy was. Yeah, and if you, you got that Dana 60 front end on it, they were near on bulletproof. Yep, they were. They were great. They're a great you truck. Know. And that, that honestly, that's why today, if you own one, you better keep tabs on it because you go park in a parking lot someplace without watching it or having a club on it or something like that. You're liable to walk out and not have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm serious. Quick, yeah, things yes, true. Yeah. Stylistically, my brother owned... I believe it was a 57 Dodge, I think they call it, uh, swept line. And it was one of the earliest non-step side body styles. And this truck had tail fins on it. Oh. It had fins on the oh, truck you're right. head. Yeah, it did. You're right. The one he had yeah. was two-tone uh, cream and black lacquer. And it was one of the most gorgeous trucks mm. you'd ever seen. Yeah, you're right. It was. Yeah, very and interesting. It had a custom, yeah, Naga hide yeah. uh, upholstery in it, and it was just absolutely drop dead gorgeous. Almost like a '57 Chevy with a truck on front. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Anyway, that's it. No, appreciate it, Bill. Good, good stuff. Thank you very much for that. I do appreciate that. Uh, Conrad, you're next. What's going on, Conrad? Hey guys, a great show today. I, you know, I sent you a text message about my favorites, but my very favorite is my 3500 GMC pickup, my 99. That's, That's a good truck too. One. Yeah, really good truck, actually. Yeah. Use it for all kinds of stuff. Anyway, uh, want to give an update. I called in last week, and the guys gave me some good advice. I had a key fob that I got at, at uh, a parts store. I won't say which one it was. I don't want to drag anybody down, but. Uh, it wasn't working. My truck was like locking itself, and the alarm was going off on its own. You just walk by the by the vehicle and it just start doing all kinds of weird stuff. So they told me to go to the Ford dealership and get a, a, a factory one, and I did. Went out to Omira and give a shout out to those guys. They're great out there at the parts department. Got a new fob. Took it back to the dealership in Sterling, and they took about maybe 20 minutes, and everything's working perfectly now. Good. Good deal. Yeah. Awesome. You guys in Sterling today? Yeah, that's, yeah, Kent's here. Yeah. Actually, we're in well, Denver, but we're from Sterling. Yeah, yeah, they're, yep. well, yeah, they're from Sterling, but here today. They'll yeah. be back up in Sterling oh, in a little bit. Okay. You're All in Sterling, right. stop by. I got my windshield fixed. Yeah, stop by and say hi, Conrad. They'd love to see you. Well, I, did, I had my windshield. They fixed, they, they fixed it for me a while back. I got a rock chip up here in the mountains, and they, they took care of me real good. So, okay. good outfit. Keep, All right. Keep driving. You'll get more That's rock chips. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. We're going to have to replace the whole thing, man. It's good, you know, it's good, it's got so many in it right now, it's going to be down to That's good. replace. Luckily, my insurance covers it. So We can take care of that. Stop by. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Have a wonderful day. All right? Thanks, okay. Conrad. You do the same. Appreciate it very much. Art and Centennial, what's going on, Art? Hi, guys. I had a couple questions. For One for the Novus guy. Okay. Has he heard anything about Gorilla Glass for Jeeps? Because Jeeps take a beating, I guess. I have heard of them. I haven't used any personally, but they are out there on the market. They're just I am assuming just a lot heavier glass, but I don't know much about them. But they are there for Jeeps. 
haven't heard anything good or bad about it. I take it. Uh, and you know, I've done a little bit of of, of uh, you know, I've seen some of the demos and things on them art in the past at the SEMA show and things like that. I've never though owned anything you know with Gorilla Glass in it at all. I never have. Okay, and the other question I had for you, I ordered one of the three ninety two Hemi Jeeps. Oh, nice, good job. Yeah, I think it's going to be kind of like the vets. I they said the order went through, but. Well, it's sitting in my driveway. I don't really believe it. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, uh, I think that I've talked to the guys enough at at, uh, uh, at Jeep. You know, on that, even asked about that early on. You, you'll get that art. It may take a little while now with everything going on with you know the production delays and so on. You will get it. But you know, n- nice vehicle by the way. It's gonna be great. I, I've thought about buying one. So really, really good on that one. Have you been able to drive one? I know you get. I've not driven one yet. No. Well, let me say this. I've not driven one of those, but back in the day I did tons and tons of conversions on those where, you know, nobody was even thinking about doing it. We would put the at first the five sevens and then the six twos in those back in the day and then finally six fours. And yeah, so I've done plenty of conversions on those back in the day and yeah, they're they are very nice to drive. I actually went out to Moab and got a riding one. I wasn't able to drive it and I was fairly impressed. That eight-speed transmission really makes a big difference yeah and that of course was nothing we had back in the days when we were doing the conversion so that will even make it even better uh one other real quick question i see a lot of things on the internet about oil catch cans for these hemis and there's guys that are like he checked his cash can after a full term oil change and i would say it probably had between five and seven ounces of oil in the catch can what do you think of that? I, I don't know. There's a lot of guys promoting that even on the EcoBoost Fords and so on, and, and there's a lot of just, you know, catch-can applications, if you would. I, honestly, Art, I, I don't know that I'm sold on any of those. I think it really does come down to the vehicle, the driver, how you're using the vehicle. Of course, the, the harder you are on it, then, of course, yes, a catch-can might actually be something that may be of value. I think it really is going to come down to you and how hard you're driving the vehicle. If you're only going to use that vehicle – you know, on an every now and again basis, and you'll go four wheeling with it here or there. I wouldn't waste the money. Yeah, it's going to be a daily driver for me. I just retired, so I thought I'd get something. Uh, yeah, I'm. How kind many of miles though a day are you day. thinking? What I mean, what to you? What's a daily driver? Oh, I don't know. I I just don't drive it to work every day. So I, you know, I'm now I'm retired. I, you know, I'm probably, I don't know. I've got a twenty miles a day or something. Depends so on where I'm going. Seven, eight thousand miles yeah. a year or so, roughly. Yeah, probably. I, I would wouldn't, say that's fair. I wouldn't worry about it at that point. Okay. Hey, well, thanks for the information. You're guys. very welcome, Art, and congratulations. That'll be a great vehicle to own. Call us if you ever, if it ever does come in, call us and let us know. All right, we'll be right back. One more segment left. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes, And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You listen to Drive Radio because you have a lot of questions about your car. You have questions about what kind of oil to use, what the best tires are, where to get the best parts. But have you ever asked what will happen to your car after you die? Did you know that if you don't have a will that specifically states what will happen, a probate judge will order your family to split your car evenly? 
And because you can't cut up a car into pieces, your family will be forced to sell it and just split the money. According to Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, it is estimated that two out of three people don't have a proper will in place, and oftentimes things like your favorite classic car are accidentally forgotten completely. Michael understands that the only way to be absolutely certain that all of your final wishes will be honored is to take a small amount of time to talk about it. 720-394-6887. 720-394-6887. Call Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, right now to set up a free consultation and make absolutely sure that you don't leave anything to champ. Few things are life-changing. Your wedding day, the birth of a child, an oil change. Wait, what? Yes, an oil change can change your life if it comes with a peace of mind that if your engine, including the fuel system, fails, you're covered for life. The BG Performance Oil Change comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. John Rush personally uses Novus Auto Glass to maintain his fleet of company trucks. All of his trucks tend to be in the same place at the same time on Friday mornings. So every Friday morning without fail, John's local Novus guy comes by to check all of the windshields on his company fleet. That's at least 50 different windshields. On the spot, any new little chip or crack gets immediately repaired. Since John self-insures his glass repair and replacement, Novus offers him a discounted cash price. Even more importantly, John saves a lot of money in the long run by repairing those chips and cracks immediately instead of waiting to replace all of those windshields down the road. He'd much rather pay $40 or $50 per vehicle for regular repairs than pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars to replace each of those windshields. Take care of your company vehicles. Visit drive-radio.com slash Novus now and schedule regular maintenance for your fleet. Novus Autoglass, the inventors of windshield repair. All right, Drive Radio, one segment left, 303-477-5600. We can squeeze a few more calls in if you'd like. Question of the day, what's your favorite Pickup truck, you got a question, of course, from the guys from Novus. They're here now. Not that we can't get those questions answered when they're not. Kent's always good. I'm always able to even text him on air if need be and get a question answered. But if you got a specific question for them, uh, now's the time to ask, 303-477-5600. And calibrations, that's one thing we didn't get a chance to talk much about today. We should probably cover uh, Kent and Cody when it comes to some of the – not only do you have to make sure you've got the right windshield, have the right person installing it, but once that's all said and done, when it comes to these vehicles with all of the – camera systems, lane departure warning, all those different things, you then have to recalibrate it. That's correct. You need to recalibrate it after you get the windshield put in. That way it relearns where the road is, so it's not going to the left, to the right, so it keeps you to the center of that lane. And you need it done by someone with experience or someone that's proper equipment so it's done correctly. Otherwise, the vehicle doesn't know where it's at. It doesn't know where it's at. And basically, it's shooting in the dark. It is. And sometimes the drivers need a little extra help with that. Uh, most do. So, most do. <laughs> so well, alarm, here, alarms might be going off or yes. setting codes in the uh, Potentially. systems and stuff. You know, Better, I, I see it as it's a liability issue as well, yeah, folks. Sure. So here's something else you guys all need to be thinking about as well, is if you've got a glass installer willing to install that and still not calibrate it when it's all said and done, my concern is I believe there's a heavy liability issue there because that vehicle is now out of specs in the safety realm. It is. And that's a big deal. 
So something come, to remember when it comes to that. And it'll come back to the last person that put it in or put the glass in. It'll come back on them. Um, yes. And it's not so bad. Yeah, I look at Kevin Flesh in here as the uh, injury attorney, and uh, yeah, it'll come back on somebody. <laughs> as Kevin laughs in here saying, yes, it will. <laughs> it's not so bad if you drive it and it's John's car and he knows it's there, but I get in to right. drive John's car and right. assume it's correct. That's right. And it's not, That's then it right. becomes a major problem. That's exactly right. So, yeah, make sure those things are getting done properly, folks. Dave in Windsor, you're next. Hello. Hello, Dave. How you doing? Good, sir. Hey, so I got a 2004 Canyon, and, and I'm trying to change the tailgate handle. It broke on me. Okay. And uh, I got the Rhino cover on it. The, oh, it's Rhino what, lined. Ooh. Is there an easy way? To, yeah, it's Rhino lined. I need to get to the bolts and the back side of it so yeah. I get it unscrewed. Yeah. Is there an easy way to get that off? Called a razor blade. Yeah. Yeah. Just scratch, I'm, scratch I'm it off. Honest, it's yeah, called a razor blade. There's no other way to get that off, Dave. There's no. not a chemical one that'll take that off. No. It literally is a matter of cutting that material off so you can get to the screw to take that apart. Yeah. I was afraid of that. That's yeah, all it is. Sometimes before they do that, obviously not in this case, they take those bolts out, spray it on, and then put, put the, the bolts, bolts back, back in. in. A good yeah. guy does, right. but not yeah. everybody does it. Now, uh, now, a carpet knife also will help you with that. I say a razor blade, but a carpet knife you can use on that a little easier. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and get one with, get one with the blades where you can, you know, trim them off or flip them over quickly because you'll dull them up really fast. Yeah. That stuff is tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got, I got one of these uh, multi-scraper tools that carpenters use that – I'm gonna try as long as it's sharp as a razor blade, you, but you need something as sharp as a razor yeah. blade, so it'll have to cut, you know, like oh. carpet, vinyl, things like that, because that's how that's how thick this stuff and, and tough it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, a regular putty knife or something right. along those lines won't touch it. Uh-uh. Got to have okay. a blade on. Yeah, you got to right. have a sharp, sharp blade, just like a razor blade. Yeah. So yeah, earlier I heard you guys talk about uh, Dodge or Rams uh, pickups. Yes. My sister has has a Hemi. I think it's a what a five point seven is what they put those Hemi's in those. Depends on the year, like but generally speaking, yes. I must. I think it's a seventeen or eighteen. Uh, some, I suspect somewhere. It in depends. There. Some of those. Well, you have to get the three quarter ton to get to the. To, if it's a three quarter ton, it could have the bigger V eight. But if it's a half ton, yeah, it'll be a five seven. It's, it's a quarter, three quarter. Anyway, um, it's ticking really bad when you first started up, and my dad has a Jeep with that same Hemi engine in it. Uh, and he had his whole exhaust, had to take his in and get his whole exhaust with breaking bolts on his exhaust mount. Mm-hmm, that's common yeah. on those as well. Yeah, it, it's real common. That, that, yeah, so and that ticking you need to listen to. Make sure if it's an exhaust tick, then yes, that's the, the manifolds crack and they warp and things like that. That'd be the thing to look at. Or the camshaft can get uh, worn and, and it'll tick internally. So you really need to see what the tick itself is. Yeah. Yeah, I need to get her to get that in. Yes, you do. So Either is not good. Both they, need they fixed. They have a tendency to put off stuff like that. Yeah, yeah both those need fixed, I mean. David. Yeah. My, my dad's got all fixed. He, he he had a warranty still, and he went and got his all done. Good. And it's great. But I've just noticed hers getting worse and worse. Actually, I got my GMC with the 6.2 liter, and it, it ticks a little bit when it, when it starts up, too. But it goes away right, right away. Okay. Yeah. I think that's just – isn't that common for those engines? I haven't really seen it so much. Yeah, on the not necessarily. Series, no, I mean, yeah. That's something I should get checked out too. Yeah, I that would. Should be checking. Those six yeah. point yeah. twos are are they uh, known for anything like that? Not or, that I'm aware of. No, right. no, I've never run across one. 
um, that's normal, <laughs> right? Definitely not. Maybe a loose exhaust or something. Too. No, I'd have it looked at. Okay. Possible, maybe yeah. I'll, maybe I'll take that and have it. It has 100,000 miles, 110,000 miles on it. Yeah, I'd have it looked yeah. at. All right. Well, okay. that's my only question. David, oh, thanks. Yeah. As thanks. always, I appreciate it very much. Mickey in Denver, what's going on? John? How are we doing, sir? Oh, pretty good. This is Mickey. How are you doing? Uh, not too bad. Happy Armed Forces Day. Yeah, likewise. Thank you. Uh, 58 Chevy Apache wide window fleet side. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, nice. Bulletproof. And my old S10, my old 82 square body S10. <laughs> old square body S10. There yeah, you go. Was, I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> that's, uh, Anyways, got a question for the Novus guys. Sure. What years did the S10s and the C10s go from uh, integral to body stiffening windshields? Did they change over with the new body style, the round window, or the round body? Oh, good question. I don't know that they changed the glass other than the shape of it. So is the windows in the later round body S10s an integral part of the structure? Or Yeah, no? even yeah. the square body, they were glued in right. the they were same in way. Too. So yeah. it should be both the same, just different style of glass. Okay, I was... What about the C10s? Now, some of the early C10 Chevys had a rubber gasket in them, and they were a rubber gasket into the body. That changed in 88, though. Yeah, about 88, and all the S10s have been glued in. Yeah, 88, they were all glued from that point on. Okay. Thank you for the answer. Okay. All right. Mickey, thanks. As always, we appreciate it very much. Yeah, if you have a glued-in windshield, it's an integral part of the car. Yes, it is. Period. Makes sense. The way they started doing it, and and that happened again way back in the, gosh late 80s in some cases early 90s and for some sure some models a lot of cars. sooner than others right so just depend on what it was well yeah because there was a lot of tooling that went into changing the body style around when all that happened so uh mark you'll be our last caller for the day what's up sir it's mark how are you doing good sir how are you good well not a truck but i love suvs 63 suburban three-door oh yeah 74 74 k5 blazer sure you know, those qualify as trucks. No, that yeah. works. They're all on truck chassis. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. And, 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 the, and the new Bronco is a joke. I saw one the other day. you got to be kidding me. Did you see an actual Bronco or the Bronco Sport? I saw an actual four-door Bronco. Is that what I was looking at? No. They're, the only Broncos that are out on the road today are Bronco Sports. They have not delivered to the retail customer an actual Bronco yet. Are they full size or are those little miniature things? The Bronco Sports are built on an escape chassis. The Bronco itself is a brand new chassis, all alone, all by itself. It's its own thing. They're both called Big? Bronco, but the Sports are not the same as a regular Bronco. Okay, I'm and there are no Broncos on. You know, there's a few test Broncos running around that you may or may not see, and a few people out there have have seen. But the majority of what you see driving around are Bronco Sports. Mark, with that, I got to run. I apologize. We're up against the top of the hour. Kent, Cody, thanks. Thank you for having us. Appreciate John. it very much. Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive. Thanks oh, as well. Always Appreciate good it very to be much. Here. Yeah, Looks like great. Kevin Flesh is coming up next for Sportsman of Colorado. Fishing, I'm guessing, because Kevin is a fishing expert. So you guys stay tuned for the fishing report. That'll be next on Sportsman of Colorado. We'll get out of here, guys. Have a great afternoon. Happy Saturday to you all. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. 
Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.